Sharon. Amen. Awesome time. Now, Perry Stone is going to be with us at the end of the month. It's already October the 4th. Can you believe it? October 4th. So I'm going to tell you what, you're going to have to get here early. I have people already calling, you know, to come come to these come to that particular meeting. So um, Pulaski, Roanoke, and, and God knows where else. But uh, so let's be in prayer for those services and believe the Lord to do great, mighty things uh, it, during that time because I, I believe, who knows, God may pour out his spirit and Perry may say, hey, man, I'm, let's stay for revival. Amen. Uh, it can happen. Somebody say, it can happen. So, you know, we're just going to believe the Lord to do great things. But I'm going to tell you what, I feasted this weekend. Praise God. It was good. It was good. Amen. Well, let's pray and uh, ask the Lord to have his way. And then we'll receive the offering and get into the word. Father, thank you tonight for your goodness and mercy. We just, God, we're so thankful for your presence and power and anointing. We thank you, Lord Jesus for all that you've done for us, O oh God. Father in heaven, we just ask, Lord, that you will move on every heart and life tonight. Father, as we worship you in giving, as we worship you in the word tonight, bring all things to my remembrance, speak to me, through me, and for me. Father, let healing flow like a river. Hallelujah. Let it go right out through the airwaves. Let it go to every house. Father, let it go to every person. And Father in heaven, we just thank you for that right now because it's our covenant promise with you in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Ushers come and let's receive this offering. You can be seated. Amen. And for the rest of us, while they're receiving that offering, turn to Proverbs chapter number 18, verse 21. You ought to know that scripture. It ought to just leap out at you. My nose is itching. They say that's a sign of a company coming. Amen. So reach across to, the, to those other 500 people that are sitting close by you and shake their hand. Amen. That's right. Proverbs 18, 21. Proverbs 18 and 21. <clears throat> Proverbs 18, 21, and the Bible says, death and life, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it shall eat the fruit thereof thereof thank you father for your word give us ears to hear in jesus name we pray and everybody said amen, amen. we're going to talk about the building blocks of life and death everybody say building blocks of life and death so my aim tonight is we're going to talk about healing at the end of this but we want a pathway to get there and i think that so often you know, when it comes to healing, I know that right now, and you know, that I know Deborah's not feeling well. She was diagnosed as having COVID, and, uh, you know, so she's had a fever and, and all these things. I've not had a fever. Hallelujah, I'm fine. But uh, do be in prayer for her, and we believe that she is healed by the stripes on Jesus' back. Amen. She called a doctor today, and he did absolutely nothing. And so that said, well, that's because Jesus has done it all. Amen. Amen. Jesus has done it all. So, you know, we want to have building blocks to put us in a position where if we are attacked by sickness or, you know, even before it comes, that we have authority over it to crush it in Jesus' name. Authority to crush it. I remember back in 20, I think it was, a, when did this thing, 2017, 2018, when COVID first hit, uh, that she got COVID then. And that, you know, she really thought she was going to die. And uh, she's running a really high fever, I think like 105 at the time. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, she couldn't hardly breathe. And so the enemy attacked me and I got sick. 
And so I was pleading the blood of Jesus. I'm talking about building blocks. I started pleading the blood of Jesus. You see, what I'm getting at tonight is that you got to be proactive. You have to be a person that is constantly standing against what the enemy wants to do. And that doesn't mean that we don't. It just means that we, when something is out there and you start hearing it, you start standing against it now. And so we were, I was pleading the blood, pleading the blood over her. And, you know, I was going up and, you know, how you beat somebody on the back to try to loosen all that stuff up on the inside, getting her to cough. And uh, she literally thought she was going to die because that, at that particular time, you couldn't even go to the doctor. They didn't want you to come. They didn't want nothing to do with you. Everybody was freaked out, scared. And so we were just standing in faith and believing God. And I remember, if, you, if you've ever been in my house, I got about 15 steps or more to get up to the second floor. It's a long way up there. Any brother Dalton? And uh, that's why I don't need an exercise machine because I got plenty of steps. <laughs> so, so I said, what do you do for exercise? Go upstairs, come downstairs. But I remember I was on the third step from the top and I was pleading the blood of Jesus. And I had a fever. And I remember it was probably about 100, 101, 100, maybe somewhere right in that. And so I said, I plead the blood of Jesus. And I was rebuking the sickness, rebuking the devil. And I broke out in sweat, and that thing left me instantly. And then went up. Now, get this. Went in, laid hands on her, beat her on the back, and it broke in her from right there. And she started, started being healed. And so we're believing that's happening right now. And so when we talk about building blocks, building blocks uh, of sickness, I can remember another time that I was working a job as a, uh, as a carpenter, and, uh, man, I got deathly sick. I was coming down the road in a truck riding with another person. I got deathly sick just instantly. And so I just closed my eyes, began to meditate on the Lord, and began to take authority over it in Jesus' name. And before I got home, it left as quick as it came. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I have testimonies like that. You know, sometimes you had to walk through stuff, walk through the pain, but standing on the Word. And so building blocks, building blocks. And so if there's any subject that I think I could remain on to now that Jesus comes, it would be this one. The subject of how to speak, how to say it, what to say. And, you know, to understand that I have authority over that in Jesus' name. And so words, everybody say words. The power of life and death are in your tongue. And if you love it, you can eat the fruit of it. I said if you love it, you can eat the fruit of it. And so that doesn't mean you might not have to walk through a little fire before it breaks or you might not have to go through a little something before it breaks. That just means that you know what the Word says and you're not settling for anything less than what God said about it. And you're staunch in it and you're, you're stubborn about it and you're not going to be moved. That you understand that God said, I can say to this mountain, I can say to this tent, this fever, I can say to this sickness, I can say to poverty, I can say to anything, be thou removed and be cast into the deep and it'll have to go. It has to obey me when I speak God's word. I'm giving voice to what God told me to do. That's all I'm doing. Giving voice to what God said. And so words are containers. Everybody say words are containers. Just as sure as this got Dr. Pepper in it. I think that's what it is. It is. Amen. Dr. Pepper, that's good stuff. Amen. But that's a container for Dr. Pepper. And see, that's what words are. Words are containers of either life or death. You can either fill your mouth with life or fill it with death. Words are containers, just like gas in a can. Amen? All it needs is a match to explode. Amen? Just like medicine in a glass container or anything else. Words are containers. They are containers, like perfume in a bottle. Amen? Perfume can't get released unless you let it go. Somebody say amen. Amen. So words are containers of great power, can be negative, can be positive. And so I have to understand, I can either invite the devil or I can send him packing in Jesus' name. I can either accept what the enemy's doing or I can draw the line. And listen, you can't play with this stuff. You can't relax your grip on it. You can't look at it lightly. You've got to say, God said this and this is the way it is and I'm going to practice it. And tongue, you are not going to get by with anything else. If you have to pull it out about three or four feet and put some anointing oil on it. 
Amen. Whatever you have to do to it, you know, to, to, to cause your tongue to obey, that's what you have to do. You think about it, everything that God created, created in this earth. He created all things out of the ground. Amen. But when he created mankind, he created us in his likeness and his image out of the dust of the earth. We are the only species on the face of the planet that has the ability to speak like God speaks. Amen. I give voice to his, to his word. I give voice to his word. And I do not want to give voice to the devil's word. The devil has a voice too. Amen. But my job as serving my creator is to release what God says and to speak what my God says. Somebody say hallelujah to God. So our words are like building blocks with, with which we construct our future. Or either right now, our world. Because that's what we do is we build it with our words. We are a product of what we said. Amen? We're a product of what we said. And so right now, I'm in the process of sweeping this devil out of my house. I'm in the process. I done, I've already told him. Told him. I told him already. Devil, you got to go. It's done. It's done. I've already said it. It's done. It's done. You have to get, number one, you don't have any right to be on 317 Scenic Drive. That's my property. Get off. Get off in Jesus' name. Get out of my wife's body. Get out of this place. Don't you come back in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. 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 So my words are cornerstones. They're either a cornerstone of life or death. So in my life, I want to make sure that I'm building on the cornerstone, Jesus. Jesus. Proverbs 8 and 21. And the power of my tongue. Everybody say, in my tongue, there's life and death. There's life and death. See, I, I firmly believe this. What happens to us as Christians is we have to live life. Somebody say we have to live life. We deal with all kinds of stuff every single day, and what happens is we relax our grip on a lot of these things. And so we go back and fortify ourselves in faith. Amen? Fortify ourselves in faith. I know uh, uh, I already started before this ever happened, you know, starting to confess the Word and started getting my building blocks out there because the moment that I heard, the moment that I heard that the enemy was releasing stuff, I did not mess around. I started getting my building blocks together, building myself a fortress through the Word of God and what God says about sickness and disease. And so we understand that in the power of the tongue is life and death. Those who love it shall eat the fruit there. I love speaking the Word of God. I love speaking the Word of God. I love speaking the Word of God. Those who love it. Those who love it, those who love it shall eat the fruit of it. I'm going to be eating fruit of health. I'm eating fruit of health. And my wife is eating fruit of health. Amen. I'm expecting to go home and see her popped out of, uh, out, out of the chair, up walking around. Praise God. Amen. She got up this morning. She said, she, I went there. I thought she was getting dressed to go somewhere. I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm just, I'm, uh, she had washed her hair and doing all this stuff to it. You know, she said, I'm just, I'm drying my hair. And I said, well, praise God. Amen. You do what you don't feel like doing. You say, devil, I'm not ruled by my feelings. I'm not ruled by this body. This body is my slave, and I'm telling my body it will have to line up with the Word of God. Amen. These are not just cute little cliches. These are things to live by. Somebody say, yes, they are. Amen. And so this, quick, this, this scripture that we use here is often quoted by people. And the power of tongues, life and death, those who love it shall eat the fruit thereof. But it's more than just the words that we spit out of our mouth. We have to receive and live in the power of what's being said because our words set the confines and the boundaries of our life. Amen. I know when we were growing up, if we were trying to pick a fight with somebody, we'd draw a line on the ground. Say, step over that line. They were bigger than you were. You drew another line. Say, step over that line. Say, step over this line. Say, man, look, I've got you jumping over lines and all kinds of stuff already. Do you really want to mess with me? <laughs> But we should draw lines of the blood and say, devil, step over that line and see what happens. Because you are defeated by the blood of the cross of Calvary. Amen. So by our words, we are, we're building the confines and boundaries in our lives, situations, our circumstances, um, the conditions, uh, you know, that are going on. And we have to remember that, you know, the conditions of life, what, what happens to those that they're subject to change. But God's word never is. God said what he said, meant what he said, does what he says. And so it's already settled with them. Psalm 119, verse 89, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in the heavens. I just got to get my head settled. 
We talked about this last week. Take no thought saying. Amen? Take no thought saying. Take no thought saying. So I can't let the enemy put a thought in me and say, well, you're just going to have to live with it. No, I don't have to live with it. Let me ask you a question. If a, uh, a skunk came in your house, would you learn to live with it? What would you do? Call animal control? <laughs> or go get the gun and shoot it? <laughs> and say, God's helped me not to hit that stink bag that's in that thing. So, <laughs> Amen. And so you, you, know, you understand that circumstances change. God's word never does. God said what he meant, meant what he said. Amen. And so what I do, my job is just, listen, I walked up those steps during that time. I went up those steps probably 25 times during, those, during, that, during that week period. I said, I plead the blood of Jesus. Devil, I plead the blood of Jesus. Because, see, I understand that when I say the blood, I'm saying everything that the word is. Because there's three that bear record in heaven. What? The blood, the word, the spirit. They're all the same. You can't separate that. If I plead the blood, I'm pleading the word. If I plead the word, I'm pleading the spirit behind it, the Holy Ghost. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me, he shall also quicken my mortal body with the life of God. Somebody say amen. And if I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost, my Father wants nothing in me that's not from the word. Amen? Wants nothing other in me. So listen to what what I'm saying tonight. So I have to understand everything else is subject to change. My God's word is not. I'm not going to have a skunk living with me. You know, that's just like the interesting thing about a possum is that, see, in dealing with possums, if you got cats, you're going to deal with possums. Is that those things can hide. I don't know how they do it. They get up in the top of the ceiling and hang upside down. I had one to crawl out a limb and just like, it's like, where'd that thing go? It's just like they disappear right in front of you. But also, you know, they make, always make fatal mistakes and every devil does is that he got behind my big old toolbox and I went, wham! And it sure did make a mess. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so what you learn to do is you're not going to have that skunk living if you say, skunk, you got to go. Devil, you got to go. You got to get out of here and you got to go now. I'm not going to tolerate you. Listen, it did not feel good to go up those steps and say, I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. I am healed by his stripes. The word of God says he bore my sin in his body, my sicknesses, my diseases, and carried my pain. And devil, I'm not having this. I won't receive it in Jesus' name. And the first thing the devil will say, well, what is it you're feeling in your body? Well, I've got news for the devil. It's one thing for my body to be feeling something, but I'm a spirit. I happen to be living in the body, and I'm saying sickness is not living in here with me because me and my God say sickness has to go in Jesus' name. See, we have to develop our faith right there. We have to develop our faith. Immunity. Somebody say immunity. Immunity. And so walking up that step, walking up that step, walking up, pleading the blood, pleading the blood, speaking the word. And finally, when it broke, it was like a river of water came out of me. Gone. Gone, gone, gone. No more pain, no more temperature, no more chills, no more sickness, no more weakness. I mean, it left like that, that, that. You know why? Because finally what happened is the substance of things hoped for connected to the evidence of things not seen and brought it into reality. Somebody say glory to God. And I'm healed. I was healed. I was healed. And I am healed by his stripes. Somebody say amen. So it's important because this is what happens to some people. Some people have an image of themselves of being sick. Well, I got the flu. I'm going to be in bed for... Well, I got the flu. I'm going to have to put up with... Well, I have the flu. Well, I'm sick. Well, I'm... Well, what you need to say, no, I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. See, we got to turn that thing around. Life and death. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Life and death. Life and death. Life and death. Life and death. So I've been laying hands on Deborah. I've been speaking that word. Praise God. I want my faith so strong. I want that Smith Wigglesworth anointing. Whatever was in him is still for me. Praise God. If it was in Jesus, it's for me. If it was in Paul, it's for me. 
And I've laid hands on enough people over the years to see them get healed and God work miracles to know that it's mine in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so I want to practice it. And this is what the Lord told me. I'm going to be real honest with you. The Lord told me, he said, you need to pray for more people anyway. He said, lay hands on them. I said, well, Lord, you know, other people can pray for them. He said, I told you to do it. He said, you're cheating your people. I said, okay, I'll slap them. <laughs> I said, all right. <laughs> lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. But you think about what when we're talking about because a lot of people have this image of themselves like, you know, I'm sickly, my family's sickly, I'm in poverty, I'll never rise above this, I'm always going to be this way, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's because they've listened to the devil. I said they've listened to the devil. Speak to them. They've listened to relatives. Speak to them. I remember one time years ago when my dad was still alive, Deborah and I went down there. And my dad, I don't know why he's been on this, probably because my little brother died at 26 years old being a diabetic. And my daddy said, boy, you need to check your sugar. I said, nothing wrong with my sugar. He said, oh, you need to check it. I said, my sugar is perfect. He said, no, you need to check your sugar. He had this machine, all this stuff. You know, I said, and because he was wrestling with diabetes at the time, you know, and he was like probably 70 or 70-something. And I said, I said, I said, my sugar's perfect. He kept on, kept on. And inside, I finally said, okay, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it just to show you that it's perfect. When it read, guess what it was? Perfect. Perfect. You know what? He didn't ask me to do it no more. I said, are you satisfied now? Amen. I said, God said this. This is what God said. See, but relatives, somebody say your relatives, your parents, your, your friends, your, the people around you, even the doctors, it's like Robert Sliadern touched on that, word curses, they'll prophesy over you is what I call it. They prophesy. Can I prophesy to you a little bit? And then they want to tell you that you've got some kind of uh, sickness about this long called a carsophagus. That's a grave. <laughs> That's nothing more than a, a pharaoh t- grave. But they'll prophesy over you and tell you that you got this and that and the other thing. And see, this is the thing about it. We have to be proactive enough and energetic enough, and we have to be serious enough about this thing that we're willing to do this in our daily prayer. This is the way I I pray in the mornings. I say, Father, I thank you that you have redeemed me by the blood of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that you've delivered me from the powers of darkness and translated me into the kingdom of your dear Son. I thank you, Father God, that in Jesus' name that I am the redeemed of the Lord. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed from death. And my pathway is life and there is no death. I'm redeemed from death. Father, I thank you that you have redeemed me from sickness and disease. I thank you that Jesus, Jesus bore my sin in his own body on the tree. He was wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquities, the chastisement. I'm not joking of my peace is upon him, and with his stripes I am healed. Father, I just thank you right now that it's a done deal because you said through Peter, Father God, I was healed. Father, I just thank you. I thank you, and I say I bless the Lord, O my soul, with everything that is within me. I bless his holy name, and I will not forget all of your benefits, for you have forgiven all of my iniquities and healed all of my diseases. Glory to God. You're the one who satisfies my mouth with good things, Lord. You're the one who renews my youth like that of the eagle. You're the one, Lord God, and I thank you for it, Father. Hallelujah. And I say, Father, I thank you that you've redeemed me from poverty and that I am blessed. I thank you, Lord God in heaven, that you give me increase. I thank you that you supply my every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Father, I just thank you right now that, Father God, that I am the blessed of the Lord. Amen. And so I start my prayer life off like that. I get that in there because that's important. Almost every day of my life I've prayed that. And somebody said, well, how come you have to pray it every day? Because I want to remember it. That's why. Because God said in the old covenant, he said, now when you are coming to the land which the Lord your God gives you, don't you forget everything that he's done for you. Because if you get out here in the midst of all these heathen (laughs) and you forget the Lord your God, all this stuff that he delivered you from is going to come back here on you. Amen. Somebody say, you got to keep talking to it. Keep talking to it and keep saying it and keep standing, keep standing. So 
this is one of the big questions that you get asked right here. It's uh, when something manifests in your body. Do you have a family history? <laughs> uh, say, yeah. Abraham begot Isaac. <laughs> Isaac begot Jacob. <laughs> Come on. And say, I have, a, I have a lineage, and my family history says in Galatians 3.13 that I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. Because Jesus was made to be a curse for me. That I might have the blessing of Abraham come upon me. That I might receive the promise that comes through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen. So I have eternal life. Somebody say, I have eternal life. And see, this is important. Is that you understand that when somebody tries to profile your family history, yes, there's not a family that does not have a long history. Matter of fact, if you were to search back in your history, it would probably scare you some of the stuff that's in it. And see, the devil wants you to think that anything in your family history belongs to you. No, that got cut off because I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Remember, we talked about that a few weeks back. I am a new creation. David T. Coleman died. I, w I died with Jesus. I was buried together with him, and then I was resurrected with him, and I've been raised up together with him and made to be seated together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. That's what the Bible says. That's good news. Somebody say, that's the good news. That is the good news. Do you have a family history? Oh, yeah. Amen. Jesse begot David, <laughs> who slew the giant. Hallelujah. <laughs> Somebody say, that's where Jesus came from, from that seed. Amen. So they are, what they're doing is they're trying to bring up an, an, some old, something that the devil has done in your family lineage, your history, some, some, something somebody had, you know, they ate rattlesnakes and, and scorpions and, uh, you know, uh, dung and everything else. Amen. Amen. Didn't serve God, lived like a devil. And because, you know, because they didn't take care of themselves, they got, they got sick. Amen. Well, I'm not answerable for anything in my family history did. I'm answerable for me. Me. My sin. He redeemed me. If my daddy went to, if my daddy's going to heaven, he's already in heaven. But he went to heaven on his own merit through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. If I go to heaven, it's going to be because I made Jesus my Lord. If you go to heaven, it's going to be because you made Jesus your Lord. Amen. And so the moment that I get born again, there's some things that got cut away from me because I'm a new creation. Old things. Old family lines got cut off. Somebody say amen. Amen. See, that's what you need to do is get you a soapbox and get up and preach to that family history and say, let me tell you something. You are dead to me. Everything and anything good in that family history, I receive it, but anything evil and bad, I reject it in Jesus' name. I will not have it. I will not have it. I will not have it. Say, I have a right and I have a privilege. You know, if your parents die if you, and if you're left in a state and everything goes to you, there's some stuff you're going to go and say, I don't want that. I don't want that. I tried to get them to get rid of that. My God, how many times I tell them to get rid of that? But I don't want that. And so you get a pickup full of garbage and you haul it away. And all the treasure, you take it to your house. Somebody say, amen. That's the way it should be. Somebody say, glory be to God. Glory be to God. Amen. Hallelujah. So when a person asks you, a doctor asks you, or <laughs> some individual that's prying into your history and they want to know about you, do you have any, any, any family history? You should answer them that way. Because in reality, what they're wanting to know, well, do you have any sickness? Do you have any disease? Do you have any poverty? Do you have any problems? Do you have any mental squirrely stuff going on? <laughs> you know, a, huh? And so you need to say, wait a minute, where did sickness come from? Who's the author of it? The devil. The devil. The original sin. The devil. The devil. There would be no sickness if Adam hadn't ate that tree of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. Amen. No, but see, we eat the tree of life, which is Jesus. Somebody say, praise God. I'm a mighty oak in the forest of God, and I produce good fruit in Jesus' name. Somebody say, amen. 
Amen. See, life and death is in the power of the tongue, and those who love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So I want to make sure that I am eating good stuff, the fruit of the word, the fruit of the word. Now, so what did Jesus redeem us from? Death. Death. Everybody say death. Death resulting and manifesting itself through sickness and disease and poverty. Sin, sickness, disease. All right? So think now just for a minute. If before Adam sinned, he didn't have it. And if Jesus didn't have it, and if Jesus came to redeem me back to what Adam lost, I'm not getting any amens. Come on. He's telling me that I can be free from it as well. If I got redeemed back, if it got bought back by the blood. Listen, if you think your father in heaven allowed his son's blood to be spilled is a, is a light thing, you don't understand much. That blood, one drop of that blood, one speck of that blood took care of your sin. It's a spiritual power. That blood is powerful. Somebody say, it is powerful. It is powerful. It is powerful. So when you, when you think about what I'm saying here, it's part of our covenant package through Jesus. Now, I'm going to prove this to you. Redemption, buyback. And so most people in here would agree and say, praise God. I, how many have salvation? How many have been saved? So being saved, a result of being saved is having salvation. Somebody say amen. Amen. So salvation comes from the word soteria. And what it means, it means to be rescued. It means to be safe physically or morally. It means to be delivered. It means to have health. It means to be blessed. It means to be full of life. It means to be preserved. It means to be uh, delivered from the molestation of your enemies. Sin and ethical. Listen, which concludes to the soul's safety of salvation. Are you getting it? Now listen, salvation Salvation, the sum benefits and blessings which the Christians have as, a, as an act of redemption by the blood of Christ. From earthly ills will and, and will and enjoy after the visible return of Christ. Now, we're going to get a glorified body when that happens, but you're living health right now. We have a right to live in health now. Somebody say right now, right now, right now, right now. So if that's a sum benefits, you think about now, Jesus came to purchase this for us. Buy it back. And it's a done deal. Now listen, this is what the Bible says in Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation. That's that word, soteria. Neither is there salvation in any other. You're not going to get this from Buddha. You're not going to get it from Krishna. You're not going to get it through witchcraft. You're not going to get it through sorcery. You're not going to get it through any other religion. No. Somebody say, you're not going to have it. You cannot have it in Jesus' name. Amen. Neither is there salvation in any other. There's none of this in any other. For there's none other name under heaven where we must be saved. This is what Romans chapter 1 says. Listen. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. The gospel is the what? The good news. The good news of Christ. For it is the power of God under soteria. Salvation. It's good news. Somebody say it's good news to know I can have health. It's good news to know I have deliverance. It's good news to know I've been rescued. It's good news that I've been, it's been bought back for me. Somebody say, praise God. Amen. Amen. So, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by his faith. Call my salvation. Ephesians chapter number 6, 17 and 18. And take the helmet of? Take the helmet of? Take that. Wonder why he said that. Because it's like putting on my, my brain, making it think the right way. Because I've just armed myself by having on the helmet of soteria. I've got the helmet of rescue, the helmet of health. I've got the helmet of protection. I've got the helmet of preservation. I've got the helmet of deliverance on. Are you, are you listening to me? This is what he's saying. 
This is what he's saying. You take that armor and you put it on. And this is what he ends up with in that scripture. He says, and watching always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. He tells, he said, look, you need to be on constant vigilance standing with the helmet of salvation on so that the enemy can't slip this in on you. And that if you wake up and it's on your doorstep that you know what to do with that skunk when you look at it. Somebody say, amen. Honey, get that garbage bag. <laughs> you say, Rachel, get this garbage bag. <laughs> get rid of this skunk. Amen. First Thessalonians chapter number 5. Listen. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. Soteria, for God has not appointed us unto wrath, but to obtain soteria, salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. See, the devil would have you think that God's angry at you. That's why you got sick. I'm going to say that one more time. I said the devil would have you under guilt and shame. And, think, and want you to think that God gave you that sickness. No, God doesn't give you something he doesn't have. God doesn't have sickness. God doesn't have disease. He doesn't have lack. Come on, somebody. You can't spoil in God. You can't in the devil. You can't in the flesh. And see, God says, I ain't mad at you. I want you healthy and healed. You think I always want you to walk around and say, I got a stopped up nose and a headache. I'm just so, I ache all over. I'm not talking about having a flu. You're full of arthritis is what the devil would say. Tendonitis, bursitis, osteoarthritis. I mean, how many itis brothers is it? They ought to form a quartet. Gloom, despair, and misery. Go around and rent them a bus and go sing. Amen? I wonder how many people go to their concert. There's a lot of people that have gone to that concert. Now listen, God's not angry at you. God is not angry. And see, he doesn't want your joints swelled. He doesn't want you to have, a, 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 what's the word, for fluid. He doesn't want you to have that. He doesn't want you to be inflamed. He doesn't want you to have a headache. He doesn't want you to have heart problems. He doesn't want you to have kidney problems. He doesn't want you to have a tumor. He doesn't want you to have cancer. He doesn't want, you, he doesn't want us to have any of that. Amen. And so we conquer it by the word. The, the life and death are in the tongue. Those who love it shall eat the fruit thereof. What are you saying about it? Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14. Now, this is a good one right here. Are not they all ministering spirits? What's that? Angels. Sent for to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. So you got angels assigned to you right now. Right now. Healing angels, prosperity angels, delivering angels. Somebody said, God, this is, what about the Holy Ghost? What about the Holy Ghost? Well, the Holy Ghost does a lot too, but I'm going to tell you, they're healing angels, angels of prosperity, delivering angels. Thank God. Somebody say, thank God. Thank God. See, they're in the Scripture. They're in the Scripture. See what he says. See, are you an heir of salvation? Somebody say, yes, I am. I am. So these, these ministering spirits, these, these flames of fire are sent to minister on my behalf. Amen? So what are you claiming for your salvation? Hmm? Hmm? All right, think about it. Now here's, here's a whole different deal here. Listen to this scripture. John chapter number, um, I've got magic marker written on him to look at. John 3, 16 and 17. For God... So loved the world, that's you and me, that he gave his only son, that whosoever would believe in him, whoever would believe in him should not, should not, should not, should not. See, we think about that. I don't want to go into hell, but you can perish through a lot of different things. Should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Sozo. Might be sozo. I didn't say so-so. I said sozo in the Greek. That word is from the Greek word that means to save, to deliver, to protect, literally or figuratively. 
It means to heal, to preserve. And I love this. It means to make whole. Mm. It means to keep safe and sound. It means to rescue from danger or destruction, to rescue from injury or peril, <laughs> to save a suffering one. Got to hear it. From perishing. That is to say one suffering from disease. That's what the Greek says. To make well, to heal, to restore to health. Wow. Save from hell? Yeah, but I'm telling you what, I'm sozoed from a lot of other stuff too. Not just hell. Jesus spent a vast amount of his time and energy carrying the personification of being what saved is or having salvation. He said it's personified right here. Jesus was never sick, never diseased. Now think about this. So Jesus, what did he do? He's a personification of all of this. What did he do? He delivered the oppressed. He fed the hungry. He pulled people out of poverty. He set the captive free. He delivered people from danger. He cast out devils. He healed the sick. He delivered people from that suffering of sickness and disease, wasting and languishing away. Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good, healing all who were hard-pressed of the devil or oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Is God with you. He's not angry at you. Matter of fact, he was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. We've been reconciled to God. Glory to God. See, see, evidently, Jesus and the Father have redemption on their mind. All that God does is redemptive. I said all that he does is redemptive. All that he does is redemptive in his nature because that is the nature of God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all that they do is redemptive. Amen. They have deliverance on their mind. They want to deliver you, want to deliver me, and every person that there is on the face of this planet and do something good. Praise God. What good news. Somebody say, that's good news. That is mighty good news. So what you speak affects everything in your life. Do you believe you have soteria? Do you believe in sozo? Jesus said, I've come to give you sozo and to give it to you what? More abundantly. Oh, my God. What can be more abundant than what he just said about sozo, about this word? Because he's saying, look, I don't care if you land in the bed sick. I don't care if you've been needed with cancer. I don't care if you've got tumors. I don't care what they diagnosed you with. I don't tell you if, they, if they tell you you're not going to live through the night. And we in this church have said, had people that they said would not make it through the night and we prayed and fasted and they were, and God delivered them in a 24-hour period and they got up and were healed. Amen. I must say glory to God. Glory to God. They had a little Misty Gammons down here, a little teenage girl. When we're down in this other building down here and they said she won't make it through the night and the doctors could not figure out what was wrong with her. They did not know what the sickness was. She was dying. And they said, if you, if you, if you, if you, have, if you believe in miracles, you better believe God for one. So we started praying and fasting, prayed throughout the night, and Jesus walked in that room and healed her. Amen. That is abundant life. Somebody say, that is abundant life. Somebody say, what's abundant life? I like to look at it like this. It's my shadow getting on somebody. And them getting up and walking away healed and say, what was that? That felt good. Amen. Abundant life is when it spills over out of you onto somebody else. Amen. And see, this is, this, is, this is us. This is the church. This is what God's given to us. Man, if this doesn't make a, uh, this doesn't make a dead man laugh, <laughs> somebody say, Amen. Oh, dry bones come alive. My God, now you know when Ezekiel was prophesying what they were feeling. There's a rattling and a shaking and a coming together. And that's what we, you know, we should be. This is the anticipation that he wants us to have. And life and death are in the power of the tongue. This is, this is our problem. Is that, you know, what, what we speak affects everything in life. This is what, one of the things I've noticed is that, is that the enemy if he can get us to be full of anger or offenses or jealousy or a religious spirit or not trusting anybody or always struggling or unsatisfied, unhappy, all these kinds of things filled with tur that, that we're constantly filled with turmoil and fear. If, if, he can, if he can get us in that state of mind, 
because that's all we'll be speaking. It's just a matter of time till you get it. <laughs> it's just a matter of time you get that COVID. You can believe that preacher if you want to, but it's a matter of time till you get it. Oh, it's just a matter of time till that place you're working at closes up. I'm going to say, if it closes up, God's got promotion on his mind for me because the world can go hungry, but he told me I was going to eat. And I got kids and they got to eat. Somebody say amen. That's my God. My God said, hey, if it's tax time, go down to the river, pull that fish out and get the money out of his mouth. Is that what Jesus told Peter? Amen. See, the devil wants us on the negative side of things. But see, Jesus gave that ridiculous story about Peter going down and pulling that fish out and having money in his mouth to pay his taxes. And I love this about Jesus. He said, look, he said, when you find that money and you know that it's going to be more than enough to pay your taxes, you pay mine too. Don't think you're just going to be paying yours. There's enough in there for both of us. Somebody say that's abundant life. That's abundant life. That's abundant life. See, Jesus is so sensational. He's the type of person that says, all right, feed them. Well, all we got here is a few loaves of bread and a few fish. What is this among so many? Jesus said, bring it to me and I'll show you. See, we can't get what Jesus and God in the Word said we can have and still we start acting like Jesus acting and talking like Jesus talks and exercise the faith that he has given us because he said, God, Mark eleven twenty two is given to every man. You know, he says, I, you have the faith of God living on the inside of you. Paul said it, God's dealt to every man the measure of faith. So it's in you. Somebody say, it's in me. It's in me. And so what did Jesus do? He looked up and he prayed and he multiplied the fish and loaves. Matter of fact, I was listening to a testimony last week of somebody saying that God is doing that very thing overseas. And I've been praying. I've been praying for people overseas. And this is what I, I love this because, number one, especially those that are suffering for the faith of martyrs because they like to starve them. They like to starve their families, like all these heinous things. And I pray, said, God, I pray right now that you send the birds to feed them. Send the bears to feed them. Send the bears to deliver them. Catch them up and catch them away in the Holy Ghost. Send them to my house. I got a couple of bedrooms. Amen. And if he brings them, they'll be legal aliens, not illegal aliens. Amen. They'll come with a green card. <laughs> so God, you know, this is where the church is. We got to get away. See, the Lord began to deal with me about this very heavily. He said, look, son, you better get out and get the people away from gloom and doom and get them excited about who I am. He, because number one, number one, how many believe I can walk on water? You don't believe me. Oh, I'm going to make you all liars. <laughs> I just did it. <laughs> Amen. Somebody go home and say, Pastor walked on water last night. Amen. I just walked on water. See how easy it is? <laughs> no charge for that one. Amen. See, I've never seen anything like it before. I bet you've never seen that before, have you? You have never seen that before. Amen. See, you can do it. And see, this is the thing about it. God, God dealt with me and began to speak to me about this in prayer. And he said, look, he said, These, th this stuff is coming. He said, but you are the light and the glory. It's like Robert Aaron was talking about Sunday morning. And it's like, you know, it's like God is saying, he said, look, he said, my people's job is during this time is to, is to, is to manifest what salvation is and what sozo is. He said, because there's nothing in soteria and nothing in sozo that's called lack or wanting because the psalmist David said, I shall not want. Come on, somebody. And matter of fact, the scripture says, you will not perish along with everybody else. Amen. Isaiah said it like this. He said, oh, he said, the world is going to hunger, but you're going to have bread. He said, the world is going to thirst, but you're going to have drink. He said, the world is going to have all this stuff. He said, but not you because you're my people and I'm your God and I'm your father. Hallelujah. And so I want to, I want to manifest the sozo. Somebody say the sozo. I want to manifest 
the sozo. I want to manifest the salvation, the soteria. I want to manifest that because I, there's not a, ever a day that should go by in, my, in your life that I don't think that my God is not going to intervene. He's not angry. I said, he's not angry. He is angry about one thing, and that's what the devil's doing. But he put us here as the answer to preach Christ the good news. Somebody say glory to God. And so that is our job is to preach the good news of Jesus. Somebody say hallelujah to God. How life and death are in the power of the tongue of those who love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Now, this is what Jesus says in Luke chapter 6, verse 45. A good man. Well, he said, no man's good but the Father. Jesus said, a good man. A benevolent man. A good man. A good man out of the treasure. Listen, a good man out of the good treasure a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. Stop. Think now. Jesus said there's no, none good but the Father. I have the Father. Jesus said if you've seen the Father, you've seen me. I mean, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Amen? If they see you, they should see Jesus. I said if they see you, they should see Jesus. So what is Jesus saying here? He said, a good man, a born-again man, a man that's been transformed, a man that has God inside of him, out of that good thing that God did in him, that richness, that treasure, those heavenly treasures deposited in his heart, brings forth that which is good. Praise God. I said, praise God. Think about this. God took Jonah put him in the belly of a whale, sailed him over to where? Nineveh. I'm trying to see if y'all are with me. Took him over to Nineveh. He pops out with seaweed wrapped around his head, skin burned, comes out of the, that fish and starts preaching. You know why? Because he met the goodness of God in that whale's belly. God, if you just get me out of this, I ain't acting like that no more. But he did. Jonah was a stinker. Amen. But the miracle of what happened, that God loved that nation that was wicked and ungodly and full of immorality. He loved the people so much. He said, look, I'm going to destroy that place unless one of my people can go down there with my goodness. And he picked a man that didn't want to go, that rebelled against him, ran from him, hid himself on a boat somewhere. A storm came up because God said, you ain't getting off this easy. If you think you're going to jump ship with me, he said, I'm going to fix it. Amen. And we know the story that they're out there praying to every God that they could possibly call on because of the storm and they think they're all going to die. Remember? Remember? And then Jonah comes out and says, look, it's me. That's what God wants. And God wants you. God wants you. Listen, broken, messed up, Jonah. Think, I mean, think for a few minutes. Very few of us want to go out here and get on a street corner and preach, to, preach the gospel. Very few of us want to put ourselves in, in a position where we're in uncomfortable situations. We want to preach to people because here Jonah is. He wanted them all dead. <laughs> and God said, no, I need you to go preach life. <laughs> listen, listen. And what did he do? He God said, okay, you can do it if you want to. And I preached that message, throw me overboard. When they threw him overboard and that great fish jumped up and swallowed him, that storm stopped. And that big old fish got on its way to Nineveh. Can you imagine catching that thing? It's like, it's like. And that thing rolls up and pukes him out on the shore. And he starts preaching and the nation turns to God. Dear Lord. See how powerful that you are, one person? He was under the old covenant. You're under the new. We have a better covenant than the old covenant. I mean, Jonah, Jonah didn't have what we have. Can you imagine what we can do if we just say, okay, God, I'm going to throw, just, I'm going to throw myself overboard into the sea. 
Stands for masses of people. Listen to what he says. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. By the time Jonah got to Nineveh, he became so thankful in the fish's belly. <laughs> he was so full of praise. God, you are a good God. You know how we get when we're in trouble. Oh, Lord, I need to tell this before I quit. When I was a teenager, I was working for my uncle. He was a, a half-owner in Stilla, Virginia, down in Axton. And they, they, they wanted me to go to Dinwiddie. Everybody know where Dinwiddie's at? I never heard of it. I said, Dinwit? <laughs> Dinwiddie? <laughs> you know, and so I had, they put me in a green Ford pickup, and, and I had something on the back they wanted me to haul down and deliver at some school. You know, some, something that was made for some company that was doing something at a school, so I took off. Man, I drove. I'd been gone several hours, and I got down there, and I looked at the gas tank, and it was like, uh-oh. And teenagers don't have money. They didn't give me any. I'm starving. You know how hungry teenagers get. I'm going, hamburger, gas, <laughs> hamburger, gas. So I'm like, man, God. So I put $5 in a truck. It was empty. It was dark. It was late. I didn't know where I was. I made it down there, and I said, I got to coming back, and that, you know, that went from that little $5 bought, you know, about when we would have, the gas back then was like 27 cents a gallon. And so I put that gas in there. Before I got back, that thing was on empty, and I kept looking at it, and I said, oh, Jesus, if you'll just get me, if you'll just get me back to Axton, I will serve you. God, I will serve you. God, if you just let me get back. Oh, God, if you let me get back. If you just let me get back, Father. Lord, if you let me get back. I don't know how it did it, but it got back. It rode on empty for several hours. Listen, this is, this is what's supernatural. They, when I took that truck back and got out of it, this is what my uncle told me. He said, that thing wouldn't even crank. The truck would not crank. He said it didn't have any gas in it. And I still didn't serve God. I'm serving him now. Somebody say hallelujah. I'm serving him now. Amen. But see, we'll do anything when we get in trouble. Jonah was willing to do anything while he was in trouble. See, but the biggest stinker that we are, how God can still use us. Are, are you listening to me? And all he wants us to do is realize, he said, look, if there's any good thing in you, it's because, he said, that's the good thing that God deposited in there. It's the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God. And he says, he said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. See, something down in me knew that I was going to serve God, but not just right then. <laughs> How many have ever done something like that? Amen. Yeah, all of, most of us, most of us make promises. And so... <laughs> Out of the abundance of the heart, if it's down in there, it's going to come out. Somebody says it's going to come out. And so if you deposit those building blocks down in it about healing and about prosperity and about uh, uh, just overcoming, about life in general, it will come out. And see, that's giving voice to the Word of God. And when we give voice to the Word of God, it activates angels. Activates healing angels, angels of prosperity, angels of deliverance. Somebody say amen. It activates them because they hearken to the voice of God. They hearken to the voice of God. So building blocks of faith work better if you practice them constantly. Amen. When thou art in thine house, when thou liest upon thy bed, all these things. He said do it night and day, night and day, night and day. Amen. I'm going to give you this scripture right here, and then I'm going to close. All right? Amen. Mark chapter 11, verse 22 and 24, one we know very, very well. Let's stand together, okay, because we're going to do something together. Mark 11, 22 and 24. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. The original says, Have the faith of God. Amen. 
For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, to this sickness, to this poverty, to whatever, whosoever shall speak to it, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things that he says shall come to pass. He will have. Somebody say, I will have. Whatever I say. And then Jesus says, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Amen? All right. We know that Jesus bore the curse for us. We know the Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, He has delivered us from the powers of darkness, translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. So we're going we're gonna to practice this right now. You ready? Amen. Amen. I especially felt drawn to this, talking about growths, Moles, warts, tumors, cancer. Let's say this together. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, he bore the curse for me. Tumors, growths, cancer, sickness, and disease have no right in my body because I am redeemed. Thank you, Father. They are a thing of the past. And therefore, I am delivered from that authority of darkness. I command and I speak to every organ, to every tissue of my body, and I say in the name of Jesus, function in the perfection to which my Father created you to function. And in the name of Jesus, if there's any malfunction, I command you now to be made whole. Father, your word has become part of me. It's flowing through my bloodstream. It flows to every cell of my body, restoring and transforming my body. Your word has become flesh. You sent your word and healed me, delivered me from destruction. Your word is manifest in my body causing growths to disappear, arthritis to be a thing of the past. I thank you right now that my bones are producing marrow that is healthy and that, that blood comes forth pure in my body in Jesus Christ's name. And I thank you right now that your word and your precious blood produces life inside of me. And arthritis and pain are a thing of the past in Jesus' name. I thank you now. Your word says in Matthew 17, verse 20 and 21, that if I have the faith as a grain of a mustard seed, and I have faith because you've given it to me, so therefore I say to every sickness, every disease, every growth, I say to poverty, I say to lack, I say to everything that would attack my body, be removed in the name of Jesus and be cast into yonder place. And I command you to go now in the name of Jesus because nothing is impossible to me as a believer in Jesus' name. Therefore, every sickness, every disease, every growth, any tumor, any arthritis, you are dead in the name of Jesus. You are dead to me. I am the healed of the Lord. I have health. I have sozo, abundant life. I have soteria, the salvation of my God and my covenant with my Lord is built on better promises. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father. I'm full of life and vigor and energy and strength and might and wholeness. I am blessed in the name of Jesus Christ. And I give you praise for it, Father. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So take those weapons and use them. Amen.
take them and use them. Praise God. You have every right, every right. Now, when I say may the Lord bless you, it's not, not David T. Coleman. It says may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May he turn his face toward you. May he lift his countenance to you. May he be gracious unto you and grant you peace where there's nothing missing and nothing broken. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You are dismissed. I'll see you Sunday. Come in here excited and ready to worship.